Good morning to you. Wow. We will have the um, dedication of Iskia uh, as elder. Ordination as an elder two Sabbaths from now. And uh, I very much look forward to working with Eskia. Uh, Lord has blessed him in many ways. I look forward to a new year. Um, I have been blessed this last quarter with you, and I just want to let you know what a privilege it is to be here and worship with you. And I look forward to all of next year and how we will see new faces here as well as a result of how God's working through all of us together. This uh, sermon is tied to our theme today. It may not sound like that at first, but I'm trying to combine what we've been studying in Revelation 14 to the birth of Christ. And today's topic is called the seed principle. And of course, the seed is who? Is Christ. Christ is the seed. Now we had read here um, in Revelation 14, 4 and 5, these are they which were not defiled with women, the 144,000. They're not defiled by the, the fallen churches with their doctrines, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. But before they had this experience... They didn't follow Jesus everywhere where he went, did they? They got to a point in their experience where they did follow him everywhere. But there was a time they didn't. And there was a time when they were defiled with false ideas and theories. Is that right? But there came a point by their study of God's word, they overcame those false ideas and their minds were reorganized to, to agree wholeheartedly with the word of God. And there was a time they were at fault of doing things that were wrong, but they decided that they only wanted to do what? What is right. And they have come to have an experience that can only be explained by the concept of a seed. Now they follow Jesus everywhere. There's no more deceit in the mouth because there's no more deceit in the heart. They're no longer defiled by the false teachings of the fallen churches. So in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, is a very important verse. It says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you know there's only two groups of people in this world? There are people who have Christ in them, the hope of glory. And the other group is people who don't have Christ in them, the hope of glory. And what does it mean to have Christ in you? Well, in the description we saw of the 144,000 who at one time had fault, had deceit, had done things wrong, and not at that point anymore in their experience, something must have happened inside of them, is that right? And what it means to have Christ in you is meaning, means that Christ is being formed within you. Because in Christ was no fault. Christ always did what was right. Not even by a thought had he sinned. And so the 144,000 didn't begin with that experience. 
But something was happening inside of them. A seed was planted. And Christ was progressively being formed within their hearts and minds, their thoughts, their feelings, to the point where they followed Jesus everywhere he went. And Christ being formed in you is basically the process of reproduction. Now, I'm only going to introduce this topic in two weeks from now, two Sabbaths from now. We're going to get into this more in depth. The law of heredity. I brought a seed with me. This is an, an almond seed. Encapsulated in within this seed is the complete life of an almond tree, believe it or not. Is that right? Everything this almond tree would ever become, from being a sapling to beginning to grow and have its first fruit to the time when it would have its greatest amount of fruitfulness, is all encapsulated in this seed. In this seed is encapsulated the whole life of an almond tree. Isn't that amazing? And whatever the seed bearer has in himself will be in that tree. So an almond tree will also produce seeds. It comes from a seed, it produces seed. And everything that almond tree becomes will now be in its seed. Is that right? Romans 5.12 Wherefore, as by one man, Adam... Sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. When Adam and Eve were created, they had innocence, 100%. They had life in them. They had so much vitality in them. God had put that there in them. It was in their seed. And all those generations, whatever was put into Adam, would be passed on to those future generations. But Adam and Eve sinned. And they lost their innocence, and they lost that life. Now what was in them was sin and death. That was in them. And now it would be in their seed. And every succeeding generation that added sin to sin would be in the seed of the human family. Everything would be in this seed. Everything would be in this seed. And this is why Jesus would say to Nicodemus, you have to be what? If you're going to make it to heaven, you can't just be a descendant of Adam. Because in Adam, there is no life. There's no eternal life. You will have to be born of a different seed. A seed in which there is life. And there's that innocence and there's that righteousness. Because in the seed of Adam, as we see throughout the whole human family, and even in our own personal experience, in that seed of Adam is sin and death. And our only hope is to be born of a different seed. The unfolding of another life. 
in its stages as we grow, as Christ is being formed within us. Now, Galatians 3.16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made, and he saith not unto seeds as of many, but as of one seed, and thy seed which is Christ. We talk about Israel's being the Jewish people, seeds plural. But the true promised son of Abraham was one. The world wasn't going to receive eternal life through the descendants, many of Abraham. There would be only one descendant of Abraham where we would find life. And that seed is Christ. Jesus would become the second Adam. Because through the first Adam, we have sin and death. We need another Adam. Someone to be the head of a new race. A new life. And that seed, that promised seed, is Christ. Notice these many scriptures. There's many more, and we'll go over these in a couple weeks. Jesus said in John 10.10, I am come that they might have life. Jesus did come to show us the true nature of his Father. But Jesus knew that in the seed of Adam, there is sin and death. He would have to become one of us to be able to live a life that is eternal. So that that seed could be put in us, and now we could have what? We could have life. John 1.3, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And this is the record that God hath given us eternal life, and this life is in Christ. You'll not find that life anywhere else. There's no other descendant of Adam in which is life. Only Christ. Jesus said, And ye would not come unto me that ye might have life. He that hath the Son hath what? Life. And he that hath not the Son of God hath not life because Adam couldn't pass on eternal life because he sinned. That life is only, only in Christ. And Jesus says in John 6, 54, Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. There's no other way. We have to be born again. We have to be born of another seed. We are all the descendants of Adam. We're the descendants of many generations. In the book Christ's Object Lesson, page 33, by the parable of the sower, Christ illustrates the things of the kingdom of heaven. Like a sower in the field, he came to scatter the heavenly grain of truth. And the same laws that govern earthly seed sowing govern the sowing of the seeds of truth. 
This is the seed of truth, isn't it? Filled. Every verse is like a seed. Every promise is like a seed, and there's life in God's Word. Only awaiting to be what? Planted in our hearts and our mind. Notice these scriptures. The words that I speak unto you, Jesus says, they are spirit and they are because every truth is like a seed. And whatever that truth says can be unfolded in us. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. But notice this, and this is why I say two seeds. Jesus says to the Pharisees in John 5, 39, Ye search the scriptures, for in them you think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, and ye will not come to me that ye might have life. And as I look at that and I think about it, I say, you know, that means there must be two seeds. There is Christ that is the seed. The perfect life. If that life be planted in us, it will begin to be formed within us. But then there are seeds, plural. There's not just one seed in here. It all points to the seed, which is Christ. But there are many seeds of truth in here. So what was the problem with the Pharisees? They searched the scriptures to find eternal life, but by rejecting the seed, this word could not bear fruit in them. Somehow, in the Christian world, many study, but don't have the life of Christ planted in them. Study, pray, sin. Why? Because we can't just have seeds, plural. We have to have the seed. So when we pray, Father, I want to study your word, and I want these seeds of truth to be planted in my heart to bring fruit. I want to know what it means, an unfolding of the truth of the Sabbath, a true meaning. How does the Sabbath become formed within me? The truth of the resurrection, how does it bring forth fruit in my life? These are all truths. But unless Christ is in us, it's just truths. Somehow the heart soil of having Jesus in us allows all these other seeds to bear fruit. The only way you can really have good soil is to have who? Christ formed within you. So that the seeds of truth can then find fertile soil to bear fruit. But if I have a stony heart, I can read these scriptures all day long. And the devil's just going to snatch them away. What makes my heart fertile is Jesus. You know, I didn't bring it up here with me. My son got me these little earphone things, you know. No wire, just Wi-Fi. Oh, it's the best gift I ever got. I have a two and a half hour drive here. 
And I listened to the first eight chapters of The Desire of Ages. I was blessed. But I know I'm listening to seeds. But I realize as I study this out, I can't just have truth. I can't just have doctrine. I have to have Jesus. And I've got to want his life in me unfolding and unfolding and bearing sway, changing my thoughts and feelings, affecting how I see people and treat people, to make my heart so fertile that God could plant any seed of truth in there and I will not reject it. Now, 2,023 years ago, she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. It was necessary that Jesus became one of us, that he became like a seed in the womb of Mary, and we'd be born among men. We need to think about that for a moment. The creator of the universe in the womb of a woman in a fallen world. Seem a little risky? But he didn't want to lose us. He knew there was no hope for us Unless he became that second Adam. Unless he became that seed in which there is life. Behold, a virgin shall be with child, shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which meaning being interpreted is God with us. Jesus leaving the glories of heaven. The adoration of angels to be born where? In a manger. Not with angels, but with beasts. Born in such a way that there was nothing physical about him that would draw us to him. Only by the character, his noble character of actions and thoughts, how he loved everybody, how he passed by no human being as worthless. But he sought to heal them all. That's a different seed. And if you ever see that kind of life in this world, it's because someone's been born again of a different seed. Because that kind of life, the life of Jesus, is not natural to our world. It's not in the seed of Adam. Only in the seed of Christ. And she, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Do you imagine that at that moment, 2,023 years ago, lying in a manger hung the balance of the whole human race? In that one baby rested whether you and I would have an opportunity of eternal life, whether we could ever have life again. 
in that little infant. It's amazing. And yet he would have to grow and live a sinless life as a three-year-old? We talk about terrible twos. Teenagers. Growing up, he was perfect. And because he was, and because that is in his seed, every two-year-old, every teenager, every young adult, or older adult, can have a new life. Because he was perfect at every stage. And no matter how old you are, no matter what you've done in your past, if you desire this new life that can begin to unfold in you, you have a beginning, but you have to nurture it. you got to let the sunshine of God's Word, the watering of God's Word, the way you think and feel and treat people to make sure that that seed finds the most conducive environment to grow and to flourish. It's an everyday thing, isn't it? Every decision you make in life affects the growth of that seed. And I think this is the Nope. Third, the last verse. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What was given to us? A son. Given to who? The human race. Do you know that right now in heaven, humanity is enshrined because Jesus, who has forever taken the human form, is sitting at the very right hand of the Father. Humanity, the one lost world, is enshrined in heaven for eternity. Which means that because He became one of us, we can become one with Him. Now friends, I want you to think about this. We're going to explore it more in two weeks. And we're going to see a verse up here. But you're, if this seed is in you, you're not just a member of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. You're a son and daughter of God. Heaven and earth have come together forever. This new earth will be the capital of the universe. Jesus will always have this human form. This lost race has been exalted. This was all prophesied right at the very beginning. Notice the use of words here. God speaking to the serpent. I will put enmity between thee and the woman, the church, and between thy what? Thy seed and 
her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Because in our world, there's two different seeds. There are those who are only born of Adam, sin and death, at war with the seed of the Savior. Producing two different kinds of lives. Our only hope, my friends, isn't just to have right doctrine. Every day, we've got to be willing. Please, Father, let the life of Jesus be reproduced in me, unfolded. And the best way to let that to happen is go ahead. Find a time and place every day to study what? The new life. Because when you study the life and teachings of Christ, you understand more and more what's in this seed that now is to be in you. And the devil's going to try to do everything he can to keep you from studying the seed. Oh, he's going to get you to be so busy that you only know about a historical Jesus but not know about the life that's in the seed. Oh, he's going to get you to focus on the faults of other people. But you've got to keep your focus on the seed. Oh, I'm telling you, friends. He's going to get you to think about all your faults and your own faults. But if you only think about your own faults, how can you be changed? Because the law of the mind says, whatever you behold, you become. You need to think about, and I need to think about, what I can become. If I just allow the seed to be planted in here. Oh, the devil, he's going to get you to think about all your failures in the past. Oh, you did this and you did that. And he does that just because you can become so overwhelmed and depressed that you'll never choose to do anything great for God. You can't change your past. But you have a future. And that future is in this seed. Isn't that right? It's in the seed. And I believe our last verse here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Praise God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we can cry what? Abba, Father, because he was born. He became one of us. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then what? Heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. The seed principle is real. It's around us everywhere. The trees out there came from a seed. The grass came from a seed. All of you came from a seed. Everything that has life in this world comes from a seed. And therefore, any new life comes from a seed. 
But you're more than a believer in Christ if he be in you. You're a son and daughter. And if you are a son and daughter, then you are an heir to the kingdom of heaven. I want you to think about that. That when the world tells you, oh, how can you be God's people? There's not that many of you. And you say, oh, no. Jesus kept the commandments. Jesus kept the Sabbath. Jesus taught this. Jesus did this. That life's now being unfolded in me. I'm not just a minority in this world. I'm a child of God and an heir to the kingdom. Don't ever have anyone make you believe that you're less than that. Because humanity is in heaven right now in Christ. He became one of us that we could be one with him.